Now, this is not the A-Team. This is the Bass Edge Team. Welcome to another episode of Bass Edge Radio. Well, one member of the A-Team that we do have, as always, this episode is brought to you by MegaWear Keelguard. Protect your boat from grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete boat ramps by putting on the protection the pros pick. Visit them at keelguard.com. Well, Aaron, I don't know who you're referring to. A-Team, B-Team, at least we're a team. Let's get it on, buddy. Let's go to some more Bass Edge Radio. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio. In three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing. Coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios. Kurt, great to be back at the mic with you talking fishing. And, uh, you know, it's kind of that time of year to where I've been going through the Bass Gold, looking at some uh, different patterns. It was amazing. You know, I, I know the classic is long behind us, but it was really amazing of how close they came on every single pattern, bait, area of the lake that uh, they were able to kind of take all that data and break it down. And I'm certainly using that to my advantage as I get ready for another upcoming tournament on the Central Pro Elites here. You bet. And you even break it down further to the uh, Florida event, you know, looking at the Bass Gold and how it was predicted there that sight fishing would be a major player, you know, kind of is generally in Florida. But, you know, when you log on to Bass Gold and be able to look at those patterns and give you some ideas of how to attack the lake, it doesn't matter tournament fishing, weekend angling, it gives you a jump start on where to begin looking and some particular baits that are generally successful that time of year on bodies of water. So just a huge resource that everybody needs to be using. And talking about some baits, Aaron, what are some of your favorite springtime lures you like to use this time of year? I mean, we're mid-April. You still got a lot of spawn going on. You got still some cold fronts coming in in parts of the country. And down south, some of the uh, spawning is completing kind of, you know, here at Lake Amistad, we're almost just out of the spawn and moving into a lot of post-spawn tactics, but what are your favorite lures this time of year? Well, no doubt, you know, the tried and true, the spinnerbaits, uh, of course, the crankbaits got the shad spawn going on, which that's always a fun time of the year 
to get up there and throw those square bills and, and get those uh, bait that are really being corralled on the bank. But I've really taken an affinity to the swim baits, Kurt. I mean, I have really gotten to where I enjoy not only throwing them and catching fish on them, but just the quality. Also, we're not that far off from the whole top water season. So what about you? What's kind of the top of your list? Yeah, man, I got to agree with the swim baits. I think, you know, they get a bad rap that you don't get a whole lot of bites. You're only targeting big fish. But those swim baits this time of year, they'll catch small fish. They'll catch big fish. They really put the whole game into your hands because a lot of the fish are shallow. You can obviously fish some swim baits deep, but there's a lot of swim baits on the market that are excellent lures in that one to 10 foot zone. And that's really where I like to fish a lot. And that's where the swim baits are really effective. You know, you got the glide baits, you got the paddle tail swim baits, so many types of techniques to really target not only big fish, but still to get a lot of bites this time of year because the fish are so aggressive, whether it's their spawning, protecting fry, starting to feed up for that early summer patterns, just a great all around technique to really look forward to catch more fish and some of the biggest fish of the year. No doubt. And then, you know, for those who uh, perhaps are just tuning into Bass Edge and perhaps getting into the sport springtime, really any time of year. If you want to go out and just catch a lot of numbers and have a lot of fun, make sure you put a shaky head on one of the end of your line and hand that to a kid and they will just uh, probably get more bites than what they're capable of handling in a day. That is certainly the go-to bait this time of year and really any time of the year when somebody's getting yeah. introduced. Let me throw this out there real quick. I got to give a little secret out. We talked about this with Miles Berghoff last year real quick kind of grazed over in a little tip that we did last year but that lure it's the rig called the ned rig i know it's huge in your part of the country i actually caught a few fish at i told you you're not allowed to talk about that anymore that thing is freaking awesome dude love that little ned rig there's a lot of people doing a lot of little modifications using some you know half of a soft stick bait like a cinco or or a young dinger or or things like that but but really you know just utilizing that small profile catches a lot Lots of fish, really good for what you were talking about, Aaron. Some of those kids fishing and just getting bites and having a good time. Ned rig. Yeah, Don't tell too many people. Yeah, just between us, right? Right. So it's, it's kind of like uh, what I was going to bring up next, which is going from shallow to deep, 20 feet deep, that is. Uh, big day has came and gone, so that is now accessible to uh, the masses. Dude, Matt Panger, lighten it up. The Bass Zone crew with the uh, 20 foot deep segment. It's 20 feet deep, I think. You have to Google it. It's all out there. You can go to BassZone.com to uh, check that out. But 20 feet deep, really cool segment on Lake Gunnersville. People in the community, the pro anglers living around the lake, the hardware. I think a picture that's probably never been taken before. You've got Boyd Duckett with his classic trophy, Randy Howe with his classic trophy, Chris Lane with his classic trophy, Kevin Hawk with his FLW Tour Championship trophy all together in one shot. Dude, cool show. Super love that thing. I hope it continues, man. It's it's just an awesome deal as far as if you love bass fishing, you want to dig more into the roots and the archives and just the nuts and bolts of the game. 
20 feet deep. Badass. No doubt. And uh, certainly every young aspiring angler uh, hopes to be holding one of those someday. And speaking of young aspiring anglers, Kurt, you've got us a treat lined out for today. Yeah, dude. We got the 2015 little throwback from last year. BASS College bracket champ Trevor Lowe. Dude had a little tough classic. Always good stuff to learn from struggles. And Trevor, a positive young man, bringing it to the opens and uh, trying to make his way into this game of professional bass fishing. Let's get Trevor on the line. Talk about a little bit of the past, a little bit of the future, and lots of bass fishing. Two fishermen came together with one agenda. To construct bass boats superior in design and build with a flawless finish. With our boats exhilarating handling and smooth ride, extreme rough water just doesn't exist. We're not just building a boat, we're building a legend. Legend Boats. Fun interview here today, folks. We're going to be chatting college fishing with 2015's best on the BASS college fishing side. He fished the 2016 Classic at Grand Lake just several weeks ago and is primed to keep moving in a positive direction in his angling adventure. Welcome, Bass Edge, Trevor Lowe. Thanks for being here today, Trevor. Thanks, Kurt. I'm uh, glad to be here. Thank you for having me a part of the show. Well, Trevor, let's break it down quickly for Bass Edge Nation uh, trying to get to know you. Where are you from? How did you begin fishing in college? And where do you look to take your angling career? Yeah, I'm from Minnesota. I grew up there uh, fishing all of my life. I started fishing college in my junior year, and I didn't have too long of a college fishing career. I started fishing a little bit on the SLW side, and then I did a couple tournaments for BASS. Ended up winning the classic bracket, taking second place in the national championship with my partner. And from there, the rest is just history. I plan on fishing all of the opens this coming season and hopefully qualifying for the Elite Series and making professional fishing a career for me. And that is awesome, dude. So I got to ask first thing, how big is the University of Minnesota Golden Gopher fishing team? You know, we're not that big. We probably got 15 to 20 guys in the club itself. Just because of a lack of boat for the anglers, we probably have about eight of us that'll be fishing this upcoming year. Gotcha. So I guess that's how that works. You got to have all the goods to make the deal happen. I guess University of Minnesota isn't lining up the Rangers or Skeeters or Legends out for you guys. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Everything is uh, directly out of pocket for us guys at the university. Gotcha. So you said you started in your junior year. That's kind of interesting. You get into college. Did you know that there was a fishing team there or were you aware of the FLW and BASS college fishing platforms or is that just something that you grew to kind of get educated about as you were in college? Yeah, you know, I narrowed down my college search while I was in high school because I wanted to fish for a school that had a team. My three choices were NCSU, North Carolina State, Virginia Tech, and then the University of Minnesota. Being from Minnesota, the University of Minnesota was my fallback school, just a backup school if I needed it. But I ended up choosing that my freshman year. And I reached out to the president and there was just a little bit of miscommunication. That's 
that's why I wasn't able to fish my freshman year. My sophomore year, I transferred out into a community college just to finish up my general ed. Gotcha. And then I transferred back my junior year. That makes sense. Let's take this one step further to uh, break down the classic a little bit. There's been some articles written and maybe some odd feedback from people since you were the college <laughs> angler. But nonetheless, dude, you go through a very rigorous process to uh, qualify and you're just taking advantage of opportunities that are out there, which I think is freaking awesome and, and a huge congratulations there. Trevor, let's break down the classic. I mean, it didn't go as planned, but many things don't. And, and it can only make us all better anglers to understand your experience. So how did you go about the pre-tournament and how did you feel going into the event? And what fishing experiences did bring from the event to continue your evolution as a professional angler? Yeah, you know, I spent some time before the cutoff in 2015 to scout out Grand Lake a little bit and just to get an idea of what the lake looked like, the lay of the land. And that was really important because Grand Lake was the second lake outside of Minnesota and Wisconsin that I've ever fished in my life. So just to be able to understand how that lake fished and how it worked was key. And coming into the pre-practice period a week before the Classic, I thought I had a good game plan going into it. I was fishing secondary points because the fish seemed to be staging on those points when moving up into the back of the creek spawn. And I had probably about 15 to 20 spots that I had marked on my GPS where I'd either caught a fish or shook off a fish during practice. And, right. you know, I ran I ran all those spots during the tournament, but you can only do so much and the fish have to cooperate as well. Well, there's no question, you know, there was some talk about, you know, how a lot of these fish were being caught and some of the baits being used. And, and it sounds like you were really right on track. And I couldn't agree with you more. How do you feel post-event, hindsight's always twenty twenty. what do you look back on? What would you try to change if you could change some things? Yeah, you know, I would try to adapt a little bit better. It started to warm up a little bit. The fish were pushing more shallow than they had the previous week, and to make that adjustment and to adapt with the fish would probably be something that I would try to do a bit better going forward from there. I know Kurt had mentioned talking about the specifics of the tournament and the actual physical part of the angling itself. What about kind of the experience outside of the fishing, a camaraderie with other anglers, the expo. You know, I'm sure if you're like most of us, you know, making the classic in and of itself is a tremendous accomplishment, but then kind of being there amongst the people that you look up to, the heroes of the sport, that's got to be uh, pretty surreal. Yeah, it was just a fun time. You know, I knew that going into the classic, I'd probably be starstruck and I wanted to not focus so much on that, you know. And the thing that really helped was just being able to hang out with these guys basically every single day, all day long, all week. That was a ton of fun. It helps you just focus on the fishing. And at the end of the day, you just realize we're all just guys who like to fish. And they're extremely welcoming. They treat me like I've been there forever and they congratulate me on making the classic regardless of how I made the classic or how I finished in the classic. The fact that I was there was an accomplishment in itself and I'm sure that I knew that. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't care how you get there, whether it's through the Elite Series, the Opens, uh, the Team Championship, college fishing. If somebody provides you an outlet and a way to uh, achieve a dream or participate in a sport that you enjoy and you take advantage of every opportunity you have and, and Trevor, I'm happy to say that you've been able to do that 
had. And there's only like five guys now that have come through the college ranks and fished the Classic up to this point. None of them have been, well, I guess Jordan Lee was probably the most successful there. He, he fished the Classic on his home lake at Gunnersville. But um, there's been a lot of uh, new experiences for the college anglers that have come into the Classic. It's got to be a tough road to hoe, especially when you're a young guy, you haven't had a whole lot of experiences outside of your region where you live in and who really would at your age. And then to be able to come in and take on that challenge, man, it's just awesome. I, I do got to throw this out there. You come from Minnesota. There is a few people that have had some success and are having success out there on the trail. You got Seth Fighter and of course, Derek Remitz, you know, elite series angler for a long, long time. And Chad Grigsby yep. was with the FLW tour for years and now fishing the elite series. And uh, you got Nicole Jacobs, a co-angler and uh, Andy Young. Andy Young fished a classic a couple years ago, won an open down at my home lake, like Amistad. So dude, have you talked to any of those folks or been able to uh, kind of have any camaraderie with those anglers that are from your area of the country? Yeah, I know Seth mutually through friends. Um, I'm friends with a good buddy of his who's also on the FLW Tour now. Austin Felix is a guy that I'm mentioning, and he also fished for the University of Minnesota. Andy Young, I met at the Classic for the first time, and uh, Nicole Jacobs, I know, and uh, yeah, all these guys, and Nicole, gal, are extremely, extremely warm and welcoming to me. You know, just the the whole Minnesota nice thing kind of comes into play there. (laughs) Yeah, dude. I know about that. My wife worked with 3M, who was based out of uh, Minneapolis for many Mm -hmm. years and uh, assisted with some of their corporate travel things. And uh, Minnesota nice, dude, that's not something I've heard in a while, but that is so true. Minnesota people are super nice. Absolutely. You know, there's something about Minnesota people that we just, we love one another and it goes way past anything else. Right. Well, cool. Well, Trevor, I was just going to throw out there, you know, we talked a little bit uh, off air concerning, you know, the challenges of being a college student and trying to survive financially. And then you throw the sport of fishing on top of that is adds a whole different layer but you know the Bass Edge Nation audience base is is pretty diverse right we have a lot of college anglers that actually tune in but then we also have a lot of people that listen perhaps that have sons daughters nieces nephews I've been involved with college and so is Kurt concerning on the college fishing and now the high school thing but give us some help to Bass Edge Nation for those that may have sons daughters nieces nephews whatever trying to get involved in the sport and knowing what you know about beginning the competition share with our listeners what would help achieve the success that you have at that level whether it's travel expenses, expenses for a boat, expenses for a truck, that all comes into play, especially when you're going to make these long trips across the country to fish down south if you're up north and it's during the winter or something, you know, all the lakes are frozen up here in Minnesota and you got to go down south to fish and those long hauls will take a toll on you financially. So having all that squared away is really important and what I've noticed that really helps is if you're just in school for your general education requirements, I say just stick to a small community college. You can form your own bass fishing team there if you want. You can still fish in the college series, but all in all, you're saving money rather than paying an expensive university just for general requirement classes where you could get anywhere else. That is huge, huge investment right there. Great stuff. I love that. Yeah, cha-ching. You're saving more money for extracurricular activities. I think that's great advice, Trevor. Dude, I couldn't have said it better myself, but uh, I tell you what, let's chomp on that for a minute. We're going to take a quick pause. We're going to return with two 2015 BASS College Champion Trevor Lowe on Bass Edge Radio. Oh, 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 oh. 
O'Reilly. Sign up to become an O'Reilly O Rewards member today and start earning instantly. O Rewards members earn $5 back for every $150 they spend, so if you haven't become a member yet, what are you waiting for? It's fast, easy, and free. O Rewards, it's your road to exclusive offers only at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Bassage returns with BASS Open Angler Trevor Lowe in our Angler Spotlight, brought to you in part by MegaWare KeelGuard. Be sure to protect your boat from harmful rocks and road debris. Visit them at KeelGuard.com. So, Trevor, you've uh, accomplished so much, and now the adventure continues. Not only were you able to fish the Classic, but you're able to fish all nine BASS Open events. Dude, that's pretty freaking awesome. Um, you get a little stipend of cash, I understand, and, and there's some some great benefits that go through this. Uh, you already fished the Toho event. Smith Lake is on the horizon right here. What is your approach to the season and how has the change from college fishing affected your thought process of preparation for open events? Yeah, you know, this season I plan to be a sponge, you know, learn as much as I can take what I learn and apply it as best as I can to these different fisheries and also to have just an open mind approach to every single lake that, you know, I can't necessarily do what I like to do up north, down in the south or anywhere across the country because you have to fish those lakes and how they fish rather than having an idea of what you want to do that you're used to doing on these bodies of water. So making those adjustments and adapting and learning is something that's going to be extremely crucial to uh, having some success in this season. Good stuff. Hey, Trevor, I, another question that I really am curious to hear your input on. You know, Kurt and I like to think we're young, right? Well, we've now kind of been over that 40 hump for a couple of years now, but anglers in general are kind of inaccurately or accurately, however you want to look at it. But there's a stereotype, right? We kind of stay to ourselves or these cliques amongst all the groups and so on and so forth. But has the sisterhood or brotherhood of college angling, is that perception changing? Meaning, do you guys kind of work together or is it still just kind of that separation to each his own and you kind of pair up with one or two people and, and you kind of latch onto them and go? You know, being that this was my first year in the college fishing area, there was a lot of camaraderie and I really like that about the sport. You know, regardless of if you finish better than another person, you know, there's still that sportsmanship where you go and congratulate that person. Whether or not you get knocked out of first place by another team or another person, it's just good sportsmanship all around. And it's been incredible. I mean, you make tons of friends just through fishing. And the bond between guys and gals that fish seems to be stronger than a lot of other bonds. It's crazy because you could go anywhere in the country and you could run into some random person and just talk fishing for hours. And that seems to be the case with the college format as well. Well, I couldn't agree more. Talk Talking about the college format again, going back to the University of Minnesota, how did they react to your elevation? Obviously, you're going to get the Minnesota Golden Gophers a little bit more press out there. Did any of the university administration chat with you or talk to you about, you know, some of the uh, value that you brought to the school or how has that kind of played out? You know, it's kind of funny. I don't think a single staff or faculty have reached out to me yet about winning the classic bracket or making 
making it to the classic. That's a um, bummer. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of sad because, you know, they are getting a good amount of press from uh, the accomplishments that I've had this past year. But, um, you know, we're just a student group there. We're not technically affiliated with the school. We're kind of like your Harry Potter Quidditch club or whatever you want to throw there. And, uh, yeah, we just do everything ourselves. And like I said, all the expenses come straight out of pocket. So they don't endorse us or help fund us in any way. So so note to all guidance counselors and directors of recruiting, at least have the decency and courtesy to pick up the phone and throw in a congratulations when you get to go to the Bassmasters Classic Champion. That's my two cents right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't get a chance to see the uh show yet on television did you get some time on tv as the college angler i didn't see anything from the classic yet i've been on the road a lot so i haven't had a chance to sit down and watch it that's still cool i mean it's unfortunate but at the same time look man you know you're only as good as you want to be and you've obviously taken that to levels that most people want to achieve so uh that's still great regardless of of what you heard from the university or their lack of (laughs) but um i tell you what trevor this next segment of the show is our o'reilly auto parts Better parts, better prices every day, listener question. Every episode, we pick a question sent in by a listener to be answered on the show, and they win in an O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card. So Jeremy McFarlane has been chosen for this episode's question. We want you to answer this for Jeremy. Sure. I fish from a kayak, and I have an older grayscale depth finder. Going into summer in northwest Missouri, what is the best way to locate these hot water bass? If you're going into the summer months and the water is warm or it's warming, you know, there are fish that stay shallow year round. So targeting the banks is always a good idea if you're just trying to catch fish. I feel like a majority of the fish will probably be staying on your sharper transitions, you know, those sharp contours where the depth has a serious change. And targeting those areas, especially those areas that you can find cover on, will be key to catching more fish. And Trevor, don't you think, too, just to point out, you know, the grayscale depth finder, I mean, the crazy thing is, is that's a historical element now almost to where we have all these fancy depth finders. But even on the grayscales, you know, using that to go out and find some of those drop-offs, to find that cover, it's still going to show up very, very well on that style of depth finder. And chances are he can probably back off and still use his electric that he has and trying to target just like you speak of. Right. Or uh, another way you can kind of get a feel for what the bottom composition is, if you want to throw out like a Carolina rig or something, just so you can feel whether you're on rocks, you're on a shell bed, or you're going through brush pile. That, that definitely is key, especially when you have a grayscale fish finder like that where it doesn't have the different technologies the fish finders nowadays do. That's really good advice. I'll toss in one more tip, and that is something that you know a lot of people don't really talk about anymore, and that is using the landmarks around you once you do locate an area. Obviously, in a kayak, it's going to be really hard to stay in a particular spot, but if you can utilize, you know, kind of go old school, if you got the grayscale depth finder, I'm assuming maybe, Jeremy, you don't have a GPS. And uh, if that is the case, then utilize some landmarks that you can stay in a specific area um, where you maybe find a little drop off with that depth finder or find some contour changes, uh, maybe some cover, whatever it is that you're finding there under the water. And then you can stay on and really, you know, hone in on a particular area well by utilizing landmarks as a way to go about catching more fish. Good stuff there from Trevor. Thank you so much for answering Jeremy's question. And Jeremy, please be sure to visit BassEdge.com 
www.ghostbusters.com. Click on that claim your prize section or shoot us an email at support at bassedge.com so that we know that you heard your question answered by Trevor here on the show and we will get out that O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card. And once again, reminder, Bass Edge listeners, visit BassEdge.com website, fill out the Ask the Pros section to get your question on the air and win the next O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card. Also, visit us on our Facebook and Twitter page. Give us feedback about the show. Learn about upcoming program notes. Trevor, thanks for being with us on the show for this episode. Any uh, thoughts as we kind of let you wind on down the road on about your day and probably to your next event? Yeah, a word of advice for all the young upcoming anglers. You know, give it your best. I mean, it could be any of us that make it to the classic and make a career out of professional fishing. And so, you know, if this is something that you have a passion for, continue to do that as much as you can to chase after it. If you put in the effort to do it, it could be you. And uh, just keep that in the back of your mind. Do your due diligence and it'll pay off in the long run. That's great advice, Trevor. Wishing you the best, buddy. Tight lines in 2016. Look forward to chatting with you sometime in the future for a follow-up bass edge will return in just a moment now you can order bass edge season three on dvd own the best resource for tips and techniques in bass fishing as host aaron martin tackles lakes across the country with the industry's top pro anglers including denny brower boyd duckett randy howell and dave wolak this two disc set includes all 13 episodes that's over 10 hours of bass edge including interviews bloopers and highlights all for just 19.95 order online at BassEdge.com and be sure to check out previously released dvds like bass edge seasons one and two and electronics 101 Bass Edge Season 3, now on DVD at BassEdge.com. This is 2016 Bassmaster Classic Champion Edwin Evers, and you're dialed into Bass Edge Radio. Aaron, a lot of fun having Trevor on the line. I got to say real quick, University of Minnesota Golden Gophers. Get it together, folks. Yeah, really. That's pretty, hey, hey, pretty but, disheartening. But it, does show, it does show we've got some growth in, in the sport, plenty of growth to do. You know, it's not like we're peaking. You know, it's not like everybody knows about bass fishing and then all of a sudden we're just at where we're at. A lot of growth in the sport still to go. That's exciting. That's good. That, yeah, that's yeah it's good. It's good. I guess I just get aggravated and frustrated that you can't stick your head in the sand and just ignore that uh, – when you have uh, an individual that qualifies, you know, to certainly the top two events of the sport, throw a little love, you know, hey, well, at least pick well, up the phone. You know, if it was a walleye championship, it would probably would have been different. Yeah. Right? Well, but, you know, the walleye dobbers are biting me. <laughs> you know, so it's it's uh, it's Minnesota. we got a lot of great anglers from Minnesota. We talked about that a little bit in the interview, but uh, it, it is kind of up there in the north and almost northwestish. Not huge bass fishing up there. They like the wallies. That's cool. But uh, I I think, you know, if you talk to the guys in Alabama and Texas, you know, you had uh, Andrew Upshaw many years ago qualify through a Texas school. And and then you had the Lee brothers, you know, qualify through Auburn. And then you had young angler qualify through a school in Louisiana. Brett Pruitt, that's his name. Lots of stuff out there. No, it is. And I I guess my, you know, I'm really glad that uh, we were able to hook up with Trevor. And and one of the things I just want to throw out there, and I'm not trying to open up a can of worms, but, you know, when you have an individual that qualifies for a championship, right? And somebody's got to win, somebody's going to lose, right? And then you're going to have all these people scattered in between. I don't get the, the theory behind berating somebody 
personally kind of on the other side of a computer for having a poor performance for a tournament. And what I'm speaking at specifically, Kurt, you know, there is so much to be learned from. And after all, he did qualify for the classic, right? None of us were there. And uh, so I, I just think there's a lot to be learned from like Trevor, you know, that goes and does that. And he followed his pattern. He was on something. It just didn't work out. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, uh, you know, all of us have events like that. I don't care who you are. I don't care what kind of event it is, whether it's a 10 boat club tournament or a Wednesday night jackpot or, you know, the Saturday team or event. Or a day on or, the water that you're out there with your buddies, you know. That, that's right. That's right. Or, or the Bassmasters Classic. <laughs> you know, it <laughs> is what it is. But Trevor's obviously a great young man. And, man, I wish him all the success for these open events. And uh, had a, you know, rough start down in Florida. But, man, he's learned a lot, dude. I mean, the experience that this young man is going to be able to gain from traveling the country in 2016, fishing all nine open events, dude. I mean, that's freaking awesome. Gotta love that. Absolutely. Wish him the best. Wish absolutely, him the best. absolutely. And uh, we will definitely be seeing more of him. And until next time, you will be seeing more of us, which will actually be May 1st, anticipating what you have lined up for us on the May 1st episode number 231. But in the meantime, for Kurt Dove, I am Aaron Martin, rest of the Bass Edge crew, wishing you a very happy two weeks on the water. Get out there, catch some fish, have some fun. So long, everybody. We'll see you next time right here on Bass Edge Radio. You know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. The Edge is presented by KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Legend Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Mercury Marine, Lowrance, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com.